I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 19 and preview of round 20. This episode is brought to you by Freedom, Gunsmoke, and The Color Blue. Uh, wait, no, 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 sorry. Um, no, actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight, uh, going solo on the co-hosting duty side, it's uh, Blaine Riffle, as Mike Ditton is returning slash recovering uh, from his his uh, trip back to the mothership up to New York, helping to paint the town blue this past weekend. However, I'd also like to introduce our special guest, Tim Shaw from SoccerCathens.com, so we can at least... Get some representation from the New York area. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey guys, doing uh, well, yeah. Sorry about that. Go ahead, play. Oh, I just said we'll doing just well. Edit that out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, man. Oh, I I always just say doing well, and if anybody talks over me, it's fine. So, how's uh, how's Lily doing? That's the question. Haven't haven't. Uh, she's doing her. really well, actually. Lily nice. is what, 13 months, 13 and a half months, crawling, starting to try to walk. I mean, oh she's she doing great. It's all changing, man. Congrats. <laughs> and I let nice. her I let her do her first player pick today. Yeah. I'm, so I'm that'll come well. in later. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, we're uh, we're doing uh, – we're, we're, we're staying a little bit on the uh, the red side of the river, but, <laughs> you know, these things happen. Um, ugly match, but uh, – you know, as I was mentioning to you guys before we got started today, uh, I'm in the middle of moving hell right now. So, you know, it was pretty uh, pretty on par for the weekend. The highlight was getting to see Mike at the bar on Friday night and getting to uh, swap stories and, uh, you know, just uh, enjoy some good old-fashioned MLS chat in person. Did he behave himself? Was he civil? I cannot speak to what he got into afterwards, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we uh, we we were... It was, very, it was very amicable and, you know, it was friendship and fun, you know? Nothing better than that, right? Of course, that's maybe that's going to be a spinoff podcast. We'll have friendship and fun conversations with Mike and whoever. Yeah, another, another side. Project. I like it. It's a good hashtag too. You know, see, see what happens. Yeah, MLS Fantasy Insider hashtag friendship and fun. There we go. Uh, let's talk about round nineteen, guys. It was crazy. More than just the the New York Derby that wrapped up everything from start to finish. Crazy round. All kinds of goals. Let's open it up with your scores, uh, Tim. So, uh, you know, any other week would be a great score, but uh, I ended up with 139 after adjustments uh, this weekend. Um, you know, Captain's Lawton was great for me. Dio was great for me. But my midfield was a little bit underwhelming with Rusnak, Alessandrini, and Benny Felhaber, uh, you know, being pretty low in the, in the double digits. Um, you know, Graham Zuzzi, Justin Glad, Laurent Simon all got me single digits. Actually, Glad got me double digits. Um, and Romando also got me single digits. So really anything not in double digits is uh, pretty painful on a week like like last week. So, um, you know, I dropped down to 305. Uh, so you could call me Mr. 305 from now on, me and Pitbull just hanging out, playing fantasy <laughs> together. Um, but yeah, you know, looking to turn it around. And uh, I think I got some good ideas for how to approach this week. Blaine? Yeah, I'm pretty happy with my 169 it moved me up in the overall rankings uh 507 now so on track to hit my top 500 that it seems just like a dream at this point but uh yeah three single digit scores on this double game week which is kind of disappointing actually but i'll take my 169 i think it's a really good score um i did lose one head-to-head -head game off of this because I captained Zlatan, and my opponent decided to captain Martinez, which who would have thought the guy who struggled to score goals on the road would be one of the highest-scoring players of the round with two road games. Uh, as for myself, I had what I had hoped was a respectable 158 uh, points. Uh, like, 
like you, Tim, I had a couple of mishits on defense where a couple of my guys only got single digits there. Very pleased with my Ramondo keeperoo that came up there. And all my midfield and forwards came up with, with double digits, and I had uh, at least switching in for, for 19 points coming off my bench. So I thought that was a great score. And then I saw that I dropped 29 points, 29 ranks, with a score of 158. Uh, that was just not enough this week, guys. And I'll go ahead and mention it right now in case people want to drop off before we get to our community time. Uh, I lost my head-to-head with Mike because he got 163. So 160s seemed to be about where you needed to be to to almost break even this week. Average score, 96.2. Dream Team score was 200-plus points right there. And even with a 158, looking back through my team, I only have one player from the Dream Team. So this just shows you how massive this double game week was. Uh, and it was fun. It was fun. Lots of goals scored. A few fantasy takeaways. Some stuff we all know. Diamande continues to kill it right now. Uh, he came away two goals, two assists between his two games. Keep an eye on this, though. Uh, Vela and Urinia both subbed back in this week. So Vela is likely to resume his starting position. I know we had some questions on Reddit about that. Still marked as red, but that's just some World Cup hangover that's going on, guys. So just... Power through it. But uh, Bella and Urena both back. Keep an eye on that Diamande Urena battle, though, to see who's going to get that starting spot right there. Um, my, my gut tells me it's Diamande's right now, just with the form that he's on. But uh, keep an eye on starting lineups, but expect Bella to come back in. Uh, Real Salt Lake uh, just gets a spark of that form from years past, and uh, they really killed it this week. Uh, Kralich has been putting up great numbers just consistently over these past several rounds, and he's a sub-9 million midfielder, so keep that in mind. You're looking for some some budget savings right there. Uh, But he and Saverino both came up big with goals and assists over both of RSL's games. So it was a good time to invest in some of those players. Rusnak did well as well. I did Silva. Uh, We mentioned Glad already. Those players all came away well with two wins for Real Salt Lake. Got to point out, Montreal continues its great run coming into this double game week that they have. Uh, they beat Colorado, and they are now four straight wins in a row. And I think they only have one loss over their last six games. So I think it's I think it's five wins and one loss, but that's a great form to have going into their double game week. Uh, Philly still can't make most of their chances. Portland are now unbeaten in, in, uh, at the 11. Their unbeaten streak is to 11. And New York is blue. Uh, that's my summary, guys, from some takeaways. Fantasy perspective, maybe not that last one. That's that's just kind of a fun one to mention right now. Uh, but uh, that's my takeaways. What did you guys get from round 19? I'm happy for Mike. You know, he came to visit. His boys got a, a very fortunate W in, in what was a very ugly match. Um, you know, it's I'm just I was watching the LAFC match and I am just stunned by how good they are. And and yeah, we get it. Orlando's defense isn't exactly, you know a defense. Good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's not even a defense, really. So um, but they're just they're just so so talented. And now with all the guys they have coming back, it's it's kind of crazy. Like, do you bring back the old school two three five and just uh, you know, go wild. I mean, that's what it's going to kind of feel like with as many strong attackers as they have. Yeah, on that note, does, can LAFC, will they mess with what's working right now? I mean, Vela's been, had the World Cup duty, and they've done well without him. You go back through their form charts, and basically since they put Diamande in, and they're putting up goals, they're, they're winning games. What, their last loss was um, at Dallas, Two one, and that was one that they were missing several players. That was the first game, I think, when they broke apart for the World Cup break, lost Vela, everything there. Since then, they've just they've been on a huge roll. I mean, do you mess with what's working right now? Uh, Benny and Kay both seem to be doing really well. Lee Wynn might be the guy to give way at this point for Vela to come back, but I, I'm not sure I'd risk messing with it. I know you can't leave Vela out. But the way this team's playing, it almost makes you wonder if they should. Yeah. So, you guys have? I mean, 
other than Latif Blessing being a savage, you know, <laughs> he's just an he's an abs he's just five feet of fury out there. It's amazing. It's just I miss him in Kansas City. Yeah, I, I hated playing against him. Killed us every time, but you know, he was he's beating uh, Aaron Long for headers for Christ's sakes. Maybe not Aaron, but he's beating like pretty tall I mean, guys for headers. He's what five three, and it's pure attitude. Yeah, yeah, it's it's insane. All right, so thank you guys. Uh, that's what we took away from round nineteen. Uh, a lot of exciting action. I hope you're able to catch some of those games. But there's something else I want to mention right now before we move on to our housekeeping little segment. I'm calling new faces. If you were paying attention to the official MLS Fantasy Twitter, uh, you saw. Uh, a couple of images, several images retweeted out there with prices for some of the new incoming players. Uh, they all seem pretty fair for what these players are going to be, but let's talk about Wayne Rooney right now, guys. DC United, I just want to get your general thoughts. He's going to be debuting on the new at the new home stadium to, this week. I said tonight, not tonight. It's coming up. Um, general thoughts. Uh, what's What does this mean for DC United? Blaine. Uh, I think this is really good for DC. Uh, the, uh, opening up a new stadium that's been long overdue. They're getting probably one of the most recognizable um, soccer faces out of England since David Beckham. And he still got a little bit of my, uh, miles in the tank, a few miles in the tank. I think, I think he starts this first game. I think he probably starts every game for the rest of the season as long as he stays healthy. And I see 60 minutes from him this week. And with the way the attack has been playing, I've been really high on the DC attack. I think he gets his first goal pretty early on in this game as well. All right, Tim, uh, do you think he's going to work with Maddox or is he going to be displacing Maddox? Um, they're probably going to play him a little bit deeper. I mean, we know we all know Acosta hasn't been, been doing the job, so they might try to put him in the same role he was at Everton, you know, slide a little bit further back in the formation. Um, you know, Maddox has been playing well. I don't think he displaces him. But uh, to Blaine's point, yeah, I mean, Audi Field's opening, he definitely starts. But 60 minutes would even be a stretch, you know. Like, he's, they, that's all he's got right now. Okay, so we got two starts. Both agree 60 minutes. Um Comes in 10.5. Don't give me your picks if you're going to go with him or not just yet. I think it's uh, it's a tough call with some of the good forward options we have this week, but I'll have you guys weigh into that near the, our player pick section. Uh, moving on to Seattle, the other big name. I'm not sure if he's going to be starting uh, this week or not. Maybe these last three guys, maybe a couple more games before we see them since they're just going to be coming in with a new transfer window on the 10th. Uh, but Rui Diaz over in Seattle. Uh, a forward coming in from Liga MX, 17 goals, three assists, over 29 games. Uh, Tim, do you expect him to be able to improve this anemic Seattle offense that we've seen this year? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I could even see him being as effective as as uh, Ladero was when he first came in. Um, you know, he's not going to be as involved in the buildup as much, but this guy's just a natural scorer. He, uh, he's just super talented i mean there, there's nothing else you could say about it he's ridiculously talented i was watching his highlight reel earlier today and you know that might not be indicative of his you know more consistent performances but you know the fact that he can pull off some of the plays he was making is uh, is quite impressive so yeah i think he's a big impact player uh, maybe not right away you know it takes a little bit of time to get used to the system and some of the other players and you're a little more dependent on your teammates at that position but he has the potential to be a real big stud here in the MLS. Blaine, another 10.5 million forward. Is this someone who's going to be on your fantasy radar going forward? Uh, not right away. Um, Will Bruin has been the guy in the attack this year, and he's only got those five goals in 14 games, which isn't a great scoring clip for MLS, but I it's not. Seattle's yeah. goals, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's not great, but it's not bad. And Bruin knows the league, and I, I, I'm with you. I like the way Bruin has been playing for them. I don't know if this new guy is going to come in and be able just to outright take that spot. So I envision a lot more rotation here, a lot of split time, maybe half a piece, or Bruin going 60 and letting the Rui Diaz come in and spell him, get get a few minutes, get acclimated to the league 
maybe let him run its entire defenses and see what can happen. Although this might be time for a formation shift with Seattle and to put two almost two true forwards up top and see what can happen. I know Dempsey's been in and out of the lineup a little bit with injury. Maybe he needs to play a little bit deeper role, go back to midfield and just put two guys up there and kind of shift the formation to fit both of these scores in and see if they can do that. So I think there's a lot of positives here. I think overall he's going to be a great fantasy option, especially next year when he gets fully acclimated to the team in the league. But for this year, it's watch and see how they incorporate him into the team before I'm really going to start relying on him for fantasy. Two forwards is an interesting idea. That's where Seattle saw some success in past. Uh, but I think that would really put some pressure on one of these guys to be more of a hold-up type player, which I don't think Ruby Diaz would be, so maybe that would fall to Bruin. But would love to see some uh, some tweaking like that going forward, especially if it does produce more goals fantasy-wise. Uh, Atlanta um, Remedy coming in uh, to replace, essentially, Darlington Nagby, who's out injured. I've heard that in some of Mike's uh, injury news in the past. Uh, more of a defensive midfielder player, comes in at $8 million, so fairly reasonably priced for that kind of position. But do you guys, uh, Blaine, start with you this time, uh, Nagby's not really a defensive midfielder, and if he comes in at this position, will that be able to replace some of the just the distribution that Nagby is able to provide for this team? Um, short term, yeah, while Nagby's out with this injury, but I kind of see this move as a long term, even planning for next year. Uh, Lorenowitz is getting older, and I don't know how many more years he has. I keep I just keep waiting for him to announce that he's going to retire, but nobody pushes him out of a lineup long enough for him to need to retire. And I think this might be the signing that pushes him to the bench permanently. And he'll see late sub roles or maybe spell some guys at center back, whatever it is. But this is the, this is the signing I think is going to be great for the next season. And, but when Nagby comes back, if remedy has is showing well, he could play that more defensive midfielder role and free up Nagby to go forward where, and it could put Lorenowitz on the bench before the end of the season. So that's kind of where I see him fitting in. I think this is good for Nagby when he returns as well, because it's going to take some of that defensive responsibility off of him. If remedies, everything he's built to be. Waiting about that, Tim, do you think this would actually cause top of the start, some sort of a rotation? Potentially. Um, I say we push Jeff Lorenovitz forward. Have him be the box-to-box guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a uh, Red Bulls fan, I would love that. No, um, no, I think Blaine hit the nail on the head. You know, this is more of a forward-thinking move here. Um, <clears throat> Tata Martino's system isn't exactly the simplest thing to pick up on. I mean, we even saw at the beginning of the season last year um, – or, you know, their inaugural season when, you know, got they, they got off to a bit of a slow start. Uh, this the system had to, uh, you know, kind of – it takes a little time to learn. So, you know, I think uh, he might be able to come in and maybe fill that role in a, in a pinch, the Nagby role. But, I mean, Darlington Nagby as that box-to-box, you know, keep the offense moving guy, uh, being that link-up between the attacking midfield and the back line is uh, it's pretty tough to replace. And then the final player I'm going to mention, uh, tweeted out, that was mentioned, is Ibarra over in Minnesota. No, not that Ibarra. It is Romario Ibarra coming in at a 7.5 midfielder. Really the only reason I want to mention this one right now is because uh, show supporter, Patreon supporter, uh, Jason Hicks made a comment into this who someone said, don't they already have an Ibarra in Minnesota? And he said, Minnesota is collecting Ibarra's like LA Galaxy collects Dos Santos's. I loved it. Uh, claps, snaps, whatever. <laughs> that was great. I just wanted to give some props to, to Hicks for that because it made me laugh. Uh, those are some new faces coming in, so keep an eye on some of these guys fantasy-wise. Like we talked about here, Rooney probably the one that could have an impact, especially now that DC is going to be on a nice stretch of home games coming up. As form comes in, keep an eye on him. These guys will talk about that later. Now the housekeeping Games start Wednesday, July 17th. Woo, an extra day. Games started Tuesday last week, so we're getting a little bit of a treat from God's right here. One extra day, back to Wednesdays. Uh, July 11th, you got two games on that day. 
New York City versus Montreal at 7 o'clock opens it all up. And then Chicago versus Philadelphia at 8.30. So those are the two teams you're going to keep an eye out. Four teams, I guess. Two games you're going to keep an eye out for on July 11th. So get those transfers made if you want players from those teams. Uh, zero teams are on a bye this week. And as usual with Wednesday games, we have some double game week teams. So three of them, to be exact, New York City FC, Chicago, and Montreal. All those guys are having a double game week. Only one of them is having a double home game, and that is New York City. And neither of the other two teams are having a double away game. They're just splitting one home, one away. So if you're looking for some players, that's going to be a good source right there. Patreon. Special guest appearances are being set. I've sent out several emails, and I'm working on getting some of the other finalized uh, times into my chart for our, our scheduled upcoming guests. Uh, get excited, guys. You're going to hear from your fellow contributors. You're going to hear their tips uh, and how they've been able to utilize the advice from the MLS Fantasy Podcast to be able to help them succeed this season. Uh, it's going to be pretty fun. Expect those to come up over the next few weeks right here. And uh, if you want to find out how you can get involved, how you can become a special guest, and how you can get some swag, uh, be sure to head over to patreon.com to find out how you can help support this uh, awesome podcast and fantasy soccer community that we're just so blessed to have uh, as fans and just be a part of and be able to interact with. Head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. And normally at this point, I kick it over to Mike for his injury news, but he is coming back. So I don't have any new injury news from Mike, but he did send me a tweet and it's very New York Center City focus, which I think is okay. Guys, maybe you'll agree since they do have a double game week. Um, Mike says Burgett is out. Via is coming back from an injury and Tajori may have left early with a hamstring injury. Uh, this leaves them pretty shorthanded up top. And it also means that more minutes than usual for uh, Medina and possibly Lewis. And this would not shock Mike if Villa needs to rest uh, and if they see Lewis start against Montreal. So from the horse's mouth of Mike, New York City expert that we have on the show. Otherwise, injuries are are pretty up to date on the website. Nothing really different from what Mike mentioned last week. Um, and with that, let's get to our round 20 preview. Double game week teams is how we're going to kick this one off since it is a double game week. And let's go with Tim talking about, I'm sorry, man, New York City FC. Starts the week hosting Montreal and then wraps up hosting Columbus. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they got a couple of injuries up top. Sounds like Burgett is going to be out for uh, seven to ten days, and that report came out last week, so he's probably out for one, if not both, this weekend or this week. Um, David Villa, you know, another question mark. So they ran Maxi Morales up top against Red Bulls, which was an interesting choice. I think that was more of a game plan move. They wanted to play a lot more direct, so they just sent him up top and uh, tried to bypass the midfield as much as they could, which ended up working out. Um, I think Maximo does slide back in the formation this week, and they go back to, you know, uh, the likes of Jonathan Lewis to Jory Schrade up top. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm all about the, uh, the NYC attackers this week, but at the same time, you can't discount the defenders either. I mean, Montreal on the road on a very tricky field to play on if you're not ready for it. And then, you know, home against Columbus who have, you know, had some troubles of their own as of late. So um, if I were to rank them, I'd go Maximo first, probably Sean Johnson second, uh, Tajori Shradi third, Callens fourth in my uh, in my power rankings for NYC this week. So you going with four? Yeah, I'm going with four. I'm going to load up on a couple of teams this week. Very nice. Uh, Blaine is our resident Montreal expert. Let's hear from you about them. They start the week away at New York City, as we just mentioned, and then they come back home to host San Jose. Yeah, I think this is a good week for Montreal. Um, don't know how deep you can go on this one, but uh, if you've got if you take Piatti and Tider, uh, you've got a pretty good lineup right there. Uh, I know the field in New York is tricky, but Piatti doesn't need a ton of space to work a lot of times, and Titer can probably get something done here. This short field just really messes with people, and I, I still think it does more harm than it does good for New York City at times, and so I, I 
don't think this is as bad of a game even being or being on the road. Um, if they pick up three or four points, uh, bonus points plus their two. I mean, if you can get a four or five point game on this one going home to face San Jose, I would take it. Um, I don't really trust their defense just because the way New York City is playing currently. I don't think you can bank on that first one, and San Jose has a few weapons that can catch them in Montreal, so this is not a good defensive week, but overall, I don't think this is a bad week to gamble on a couple of Montreal players. Um, I've definitely got Piatti on the bench in a switcheroo, or an otteroo. I don't, I don't think you can go without him this week, but when he gets shut down, he doesn't score a whole lot, so that's why I've got him there. But this is one of those where I'm going to put him on the bench, and I'm expecting him to take one of those auto sub spots. So you're valuing that deeper midfielder, more the D mid position, as your field player to the bank on those bit more guaranteed points. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on to Chicago now. Uh, they start out hosting Philadelphia, and then they wrap up the week away at Dallas. Tim, how does this strike you? Um, that Dallas away is definitely tricky, but I don't know if you guys have seen Dax McCarty has gone full ginger beard, which means he's bringing all the power of a full ginger beard to your fantasy team. Um, I like him a lot as a – for for my double game weeks, I like to usually go with at least one more defensive midfielder just for the high floor. Um, so I'll probably be including him. Um Nico is hilariously cheap, so he might be worth a flyer on, as a switcheroo on the bench, as is Alexander Katai. Um, you know, maybe Kapelhoff as your central defender, you know, another decent bonus point floor. But I think their best shot is going to be against Philly this week at a clean sheet. Uh, you know, Dallas is just is, has been playing amazing this year, and I don't see them coming away with more than a point down there. Hey guys, thank you so much for those double game week reviews. Just those three teams right there. Now moving on to the single game week teams. And there are a few games in particular that I want to highlight just before I get your general thoughts about the single game week players. Of course, we teased it before. We need to talk about DC versus Vancouver. Opening up a new stadium, have a new marquee player out there to taunt to the world or at least show to the world. I'm still waiting for my DC United pajamas. Haven't gotten that yet. Um, and Vancouver's had some struggles. So, Tim, what do you think? Is this uh, How's this game going to play out? Are you going to pick Rooney? <sighs> oh, yeah. you, you had to have seen that one coming. No, I'm not going with Rooney. I'm not going with anybody from this game. DC is still a terrible team. Um, and you know, Vancouver has a hell of a trip ahead of them. And while Vancouver has been able to pull some away results in the most random situations, I'm, I'm not really confident in either team. There are much better single game week options. So to, uh, to take a note from my buddy, Jay, uh, that'd be a big, uh, 3.5 rated yawn right there. <laughs> possible four Ouch. rating. Ouch. So, so I can give you that there are better options at other places. But yes. if, if you go back through the timeline, DC has only been shut out in one game this year. Not a lot of wins. Not a lot of wins there. But they tend to get some points up there. So I'm 100% with you that, that there are better options out there than Rooney and some of the other guys. But I don't know if this is a yawn game, especially with this being the big opener. And they they got some pieces there, but that's just yeah, not not with uh, all the double game weeks. But yeah, okay. I mean, no, 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 I got, I, I give you that, I give you that better options, but I don't don't think it deserves the yawn. But let's not get too deep into that because right now, New York Red Bulls versus Sporting Kansas City have to bring this single game again here because we've got a throwdown between Blaine and Tim, both supporters right here. Uh, you guys, three minutes max for you to talk. Tim, go ahead and start us off. What are your thoughts on this game? And, and if if you're going to pick anybody, and just what do you expect? I'm actually uh, going to stay away. Um, you know, SKC, and I mean SKC. You know, they're starting. I don't want to say they're hitting the panic button yet, but they're they're floundering a bit. And if you've seen the Red Bulls' last few performances, you wouldn't say they're exactly lighting it up either. You know, that match in Toronto a couple weeks back wasn't 
you know, their best match either. I mean, granted, they're playing from ahead the whole time, but um, I'm, I'm going to stay away from it from a fantasy perspective. I think there are a lot more lopsided matches and or uh, scoring bonanzas potentially happening in our next match that we're going to discuss. So, um, you know, I think maybe the Red Bulls rally here and pull one out, maybe a, a nice 2-1 win. Um, but Blaine, when is, uh, when is our boy coming back, uh, Felipe? Goody gang. Um, first of August. That's kind okay. of the timeline we got. Thank God. Yeah. You don't have to worry about him this week. Um, well, you yeah, said th- called a blue and yellow fish from a cartoon. Uh, are you going to take that? I didn't even catch that. <laughs> no, nobody. I got oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, maybe you're not taking this game either like Tim, but what do you expect the outcome is going to be? Yeah, this game is just, I think it's a trap game for Red Bulls, but at the same time, the way sporting has been playing lately, it may be a trap game for the Red Bulls and sporting comes up and does absolutely nothing against that strong New York defense. And we get a zero, zero snoozer on this one. Uh, yeah, this there, there's too many unknowns and there's too many better matchups for the rest of the week that I don't really see this being fantasy viable. I mean, you've always got the Zussi option, but I just don't see it even this week. Um, Red Bulls, um, if I had to be, if you twisted my arm to take a player, I'd probably take one of the midfielders. And I kind of like Royer on this one. Um, Sporting's known for shutting down that star player, and I think they can keep Bradley Wright Phillips kind of bottled up, but that's going to require letting somebody else free. And I've just got that gut feeling if we give up a couple of goals, Royer's going to be involved in one or both of them. Didn't Royer get a red card the last time you had a gut feeling about him? Uh, maybe. Something like that? Uh, something he like can't that. do it twice in a row, so I mean... <laughs> can't, can't do it twice in a row. You can't possibly happen. Uh, see, I, I like this game to point out real quick, though, because Sporting Kansas City has some defensive worries right now. I mean, uh, Seth Sinovic, Beasler, Opara all have injury concerns, so is that not working in the Red Bulls' favor? Um, Beasler was back for the second game uh, and Lindsay's kind of taken over that left back role with Madranda being injured. Uh, Sinovic is definitely the bench option at the moment. So, I mean, Madranda's injury puts us in a backup, but everybody's been really high on Lindsay for 18, 19 year old. He looks really good right now and looks really comfortable playing next to Beasler. Uh, my big concerns. And if you really want the key to look at here is if Beasler is out uh that's when you go with our heavy new york attack here beasler's the glue holding this together and i have fallen all the way to the opinion that if beasler is out i would rather see Amor and smith start and set opara on the bench as well without beasler next to him he looks like absolute garbage right now um the last several games we've been able to pick out and go there's an opara mistake and there's a opponent goal and without beasler next to him he looks absolutely terrible and that's what that's what i've been watching for and if you're going to pick against kansas city if beasler's out go after him all right well let's move on to that scoring bonanza that tim was talking about blaine orlando versus toronto this is pretty much uh, a battle for the bottom uh, I, I don't know if orlando can break its bad luck new coach coming back home for the first time maybe toronto can mount a comeback not sure but right now it looks kind of like the movable object versus the stoppable force. So do you think this is an opportunity for some fantasy points? Oh, definitely. Um, I, you can't trust either one of these defenses. I mean, uh, Quintero put up a hat trick on Toronto in a 4-3 game. I mean, this one and Orlando for giving up a ton of goals to LAFC. They didn't look half bad on the attack. I mean, they almost had a equalizer to send it 2-2, for narrow offside call on Merrim. They look good. They look like they're pressing forward again. Um, and Toronto's defense isn't what LAFC's is. I could easily see this one being a 3-3 game. And like you said, it's a battle for the bottom. If Toronto loses this game in Orlando with the form that Orlando has been in, I think it just about seals the season for Toronto that this is where they belong. This is who their company is right now in MLS. This is who they're comparable to. And if they go in and lose this game, it's going to be that black mark against them 
that I don't think anybody's going to really be able to defend him any longer after that. So there's a lot of pride on the line for this one. And then it's Orlando who smells blood in the water against uh, what should be one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference, at least on paper. This is a chance to right the ship a little bit and get a win against some really good quality opponents and hopefully turn around. So I think there's a lot of pride on the line in this one. And I'm hoping for that 3-3 game. And if you're going to go with it, um, I still like Vasquez. I don't know if he'll play or not. Giovinco finally got a goal from open play this week. And maybe he'll get it. Maybe he'll turn it back around, turn it on. I don't know. They might just spread it out. Morrow's been looking good in the attack as well. But Dwyer's my one standout here. If you're thinking this one's going to turn into a shootout, go with Dwyer. And you mentioned this was a bonanza, so I'll let you weigh in as well who, with who you are looking at. I mean, I like, jeez. Uh, I mean, you got to go. You got to go, Geo here, right? But like, here's the thing: you're weighing it up against all the other options, so you can't really go more than one or two. So I think it's got to be Geo. But I mean, you have so many double game week guys that I can't really fill my roster out with too many. All right, well, these last two games I want to mention, maybe some of these players can uh, justify themselves against the double game week players. Tim, let's let you start out talking about Atlanta versus Seattle. Um, does does Do they outshine the double game week options? Um, I mean, if you look at the time that they're playing, it's, uh, you know, they only have one game going after them. They're, they're a perfect, perfect team to throw them in your starting lineup and then – you know, if the bench guys don't work out, you just leave them in there. So, I mean, you got your usual suspects here. You've got Martinez, you've got Almiron. Maybe if you want a defensive option too, maybe go like Michael Parkhurst or Brad Guzan, um, maybe even Barco too. But, I mean, it's really just a who's who of MLS fantasy, right? So it's wherever you have that hole in your lineup, you can kind of fill it with an Atlanta player, which is actually what I'm planning on doing this week. Of course, the other option being you could just start with your double game week guy on the bench, some filler in there, and then just swap out for an Almiron or somebody. Potentially, yeah. But I like to spend all my money up front instead of realizing that I've left too little money on the bench. Instead of realizing you've packed your computer and your phone charger and you just can't make your transfers right. Exactly, yes. Uh, okay, Blaine, uh, LAFC versus Portland. Uh, Vela should be back. Um, we already mentioned some of the Diamande discussion at the beginning is is la going to keep its offense going against this pretty decent portland defense uh, that's a good question and i'm not picking much fantasy here because of the double game weeks but if this was single game week teams yeah i would definitely be willing to bank on a couple of lafc guys here i think i without the double game week options, I think Diamande would be up there as one of your top four forwards on the week. Not quite a must own, but definitely in the conversation. Um, just the run of form he is in and the way this team keeps feeding him. He, he, he's got a nose for where to be for the ball to come to him with the way his teammates are playing. And I don't think you can, I don't think you can leave that out of your team, except that this is a double game week. Um, I think there might be a little bit of adjustment with Vela coming back for this team. Just he's going to change the dynamic in the way this team has played a little bit. But this is, is this a later game? I don't have my schedule. This is the last game of the round. Last game of the week. Yeah. I mean, this is your, this, this has my go-tos for the, um, for your transfers. If your bench just really didn't get it done throw caution to the wind and go grab people. I mean, blessings a little bit on the, uh, a little cheaper than some of the other ones and has really been lighting it up. And I think his speed can exploit Portland's defense. And then Diamande and Vela are both solid options. If you've got that forward spot open, I mean, any of those guys could really work. Uh, Benny Fellhaber is still putting up good numbers. He is playing a little deeper and just getting the job done for LA. Um, I just, I can't take in good conscience to uh, suggest any Portland players on the road, but I could see this being a 2-2 game with the way Portland's defense is playing just as easily as I could see it being another 4-1 LAFC win. Just kind of depends on which teams show up, but it's just, it's so hard to predict with a little bit of turmoil in Portland being on the road, exactly who to grab in fantasy. 
All right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we covered a lot of them. Are there any other single-game-week players that you think might be worth adding to your team over a double-game-week option? Speak now or forever hold your peace. Uh, I like Quintero, actually. I mean, sorry, Jay, but uh, I think Quintero might be able to put in one or two against RSL. They play at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, so you'll have a lot of uh, – well, not a lot. You'll have an hour of a few other games already knocked out by that point, so you can pull them out of your lineup if uh, somebody on the bench hasn't done anything, but you just let it rip if you want to have some fun. Yeah, they had uh, some good production back in round 19, man. Yeah. Blaine, anything for you? No, I didn't I didn't see anybody. I didn't see anybody or any of these single game weeks that we haven't covered yet. Just kind of your standard fare here quite fair quite fair all right guys thanks for those uh, game breakdowns let's find out who you are picking from from this slate this week uh player picks keepers tim who do you got i've got uh brad guzan in the starting lineup and then sean johnson as the switcheroo with uh brad coming out if uh if nyc somehow don't pull away a clean sheet from one of these two matches blaine yeah, I've got Johnson into Gazan. Right. Uh, Mike actually sent me his uh, first draft of his lineup, so I'll be able to share with you his thoughts right now. He is going with Johnson on his team, and then he's just got a, a four million nobody on the bench. So he's he is all in with Johnson. Let's move over to defenders. Blaine, who do you have? Um. Uh, starting with uh, Callens and a Chicago defender, I've got Kappelhoff in there, but I hear he was involved in a little bit of a car wreck this last week. Um, nothing major. He, I guess he showed up at practice afterwards, or he was on his way to practice. Uh, don't think he's serious. I don't think he's really injured, just more shaken up, but I don't know if that's going to do anything for his playing time. So I've got him placeholding right there. And then I've got... Um, Aaron Long on the bench just in case and switch into somebody later in the week, depending on what's going on. Haven't quite decided. I do kind of like the Atlanta defense, but I'm just kind of, I've got my two double game week guys and the rest of it's kind of undecided. Tim. So I've got a uh, former New York Red Bull, Chris Duvall from Montreal. I've got Callens and Tinnerholm from NYC. Then I've got Parkhurst in the starting lineup as well, but I'll slide him out if uh, if Montreal and uh, and New York City are able to pull off at least one clean sheet this week. That was good. Uh, Mike has uh, three defenders on his uh, starting lineup. He has Callens, then he has uh, Ellis. I think I uh, made a mistake earlier in the show. Elise is, and then Ellis got those mixed up. But he's got uh, Ellis over there at Chicago. And then he's got a four million LAFC guy there just as a placeholder because on his bench he has uh Gonzalez Perez and Simon. Midfielders, Tim. Uh we've got Piatti, Tater, Maximo for the double game week in the starting lineup. I've got Katai as well. I may put him in the bench slot. Um, and I've got Almiron in the starting lineup. He'll slide out if uh if everybody else crushes it. No big red beard? Yeah, not right now. Uh, it's tough. You know, you have so many good attacking options, but maybe I'll swap in Dax for Katai. I, uh, you know, I talked a lot of, uh, I gave you guys a lot of, talked a lot of smack earlier about having a defensive midfielder, but I uh, I just liked it too much uh, this round. Too tempted. But I'll, pro I'll probably end up, yeah, you know what? On the chalkboard, put Dax in there for Katai. I'm making the change right now. Done. Dax is in. Book it. Done. Blaine. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, Morales and Katai. Um, I can't. I think Dax is a safer play, but given who Chicago's playing, I like Katai's offensive potential a lot more this week. Uh, I've got Piatti on the bench. I think he's that all or nothing guy. And then I've got Almiron in that starting lineup. I just don't trust Seattle enough. Uh, Titer is in my first guy out. You got to pick between the the three five two and the three four three. And Titer just got the cut when I went with the three four three in my first draft. All right, for Mike, he's got Morales in. He's got Piatti. He's got Titer. 
Then he has Katai all in his starting 11. On the bench, he has Almiron, uh, who could easily swap in there uh, as one of his uh, defensive switcheroos or, or one of his forwards, however he gets that set up. Uh, but yeah, that's who he's got right now. So, forwards, blame. Um, I've got Tajori Shradi and Martinez in the starting lineup. Uh, this is dependent on Via not starting this week. If he starts that first game, Tajori gets dropped for Via on this one. And then Titer made way so I could put Nikolic on the bench just in case I like these matchups. If he's going to go off, I don't want to be without him. Him. Nikolic is a hilarious 5.6 million. Um <laughs> But he's scored each of his last two games, so I'm gonna let it, let it rip with him. Um, same boat as Blaine with Tajori Shradi. You know, it all it's all dependent on whether or not David Villa plays. Um, and then I've got uh, Dio Diamande as my uh, my third forward. And as for Mike, he has Nico Villa and Martinez all in his starting lineup right there. Uh, Captain Blaine. So I kind of talked about it a little earlier i let lily make her first pick so i threw out some names on some index cards around the living room all equal distance away from her i didn't stack it or anything and see who she went to and i threw out three names for tonight and that was via assuming he plays maxi morales and ignacio piatti and my wife was very disappointed that Lily crawled to uh, Maxi Morales, given how much of a fan of Piotti she is. But Lily picks Morales, and that's who I'm going with this week for my captain. Yeah. Him? You know how tempted I am to just uh, slap that bad boy right on a low-flying Dax McCarty right now. <laughs> he's, he's good to go for a header goal. I, I could just feel it in my plums. But uh, right now it's on Maximo. But uh, – We'll see. I might have a couple of beers tomorrow night and just might not be able to help myself. Uh, let us know how that works out for you if you do. Uh, Mike has the captain on Via right now, so I don't know if that's going to change for him depending on what happens. I could easily maybe see him moving to a Morales as well, uh, but right now he's got his captain on Via. Clean sheets, Tim. Um, I like NYC for one. Uh, Chicago might be able to get one against uh, against Philly here. Um, Atlanta might be able to get one against Seattle. I mean, Seattle has has a long trip ahead of them, and uh, both Toronto and Orlando are going to get clean. No, I'm kidding. No, <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's going to be a bloodbath. Blank. I mean, outside of the double game week teams, which I could see all of them having a potential at one on this one. Um, I like the Red Bulls and Atlanta this week for two of those kind of outside shots or single game week teams. Okay, so I don't know. I don't think Mike actually picked clean sheets. He just sent me a couple of screenshots from his phone. One was the starting 11 and one was his bench. But his bench also includes some of the schedule. So I'm just going to say Mike is picking New York City and Chicago. Uh, also basing that on the fact that he only has New York City and Chicago players in his starting lineup right now. In his bench, he's got L.A. and Atlanta. So maybe on the off chance, he's thinking L.A. and Atlanta may also have a clean sheet chance. But at least he's going with New York and Chicago. All right, guys, thank you so much for those game breakdowns and player recommendations. And thanks to Mike for uh, phoning yours in so that we had something else to add into the mix for the chalkboard coming out on Wednesday. Uh, moving on to a quick community time update. I'm going to give you the, the rundown of how the head-to-head uh, -head is going in, the, in our playoff for the MLS Fantasy Insider Hosts head-to-head -head league. As I mentioned at the top of the show, disappointing for me, first place in the league, uh, but knocked out in the, the this final round. Mike beat me 163 to 158. Uh, we had uh, Bawana Phone, which is Andrew Crawler, knocked out by MLS2 Phoenix, uh, 160 to 157. Uh, Catnip Junkies lost to Ivan from Fantasy Football 24-7, 156 to 164. And then Tim, your 139 did not cut it. Older Goaler got the highest score of this group right here, 166. So pretty vicious right there in round 19. Sets up an interesting looking round 20, though. Older Goaler is going up against Mike. 
then Ivan the Terrible is going up against MLS2 Phoenix. Uh, so that will be some fun times right there. Uh, that's all that we have for the show today. So now let's get some plugs. Blaine. Yeah, I keep trying to write my articles for you at Fantasy Boss, but they're just with work and Lily, there hasn't been the time. But I got to give a shout out to my wife. Her birthday was Saturday. We went out with Lily and had a lot of fun. And she lets me do this and spend my free time back here on the computer. And she takes care of Lily. So just got to wish her a happy birthday in front of all the crowd, all the community. And say I really do appreciate what her letting me do all this and taking care of Lily while I'm back here. Everyone go out there and shame Blaine right now for not writing his articles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shout out to uh, Mama Riff for uh, letting all that happen. And uh, as always, you can find me at SoccerCaptains.com or SoccerCaptains on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, wish me luck because uh, I've got another full weekend ahead of me of, of packing and uh, I might never move again. It's it's the absolute worst. <laughs> I'm just starting to get things unpacked with, with our new place, so I, I totally understand. Yeah. That feeling right now as i mentioned for for you guys everyone else can hear now my desk is currently my subwoofer uh and my mouse pad is sitting on a box so i'm really looking forward to heading up to ikea soon and getting a new desk but all right all right wayfair wayfair is great that's i mean i got you move you change your address you get all kinds of coupons i got some discounts right there so i'm looking at looking at all kinds of stuff got all right all right get this office decorated so i can hang some nls swag and some scarves so we'll see what happens uh, as for me, head on over to MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, have the form and difficulty charts up right now already. By the time this drops, you'll likely be able to catch the ELO and difficulty uh, or the ELO and power rankings as well. So check that out there. Also, you can get my rankings this week over at MLSSoccer.com. A little bit too short of a turnaround last week to get the posts uh, get the post submitted, but head over there this week for round 20, and I'll have my player picks there for you guys to pick. And then, of course, look for the game day drop of the chalkboard with the picks from Blaine and Mike and uh, Tim. So good times. Thank you, everyone, for listening out on Patreon and everyone who's checking this out on the website, uh, wherever you are. Good luck. <laughs>